0: Next, the golden days of radio.
1: This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we're featuring Frank Sinatra, comedian Bill Cosby the mask rider of the Old West, the Lone Ranger, and another episode with Don Amici and Francis Langford as the Bickersons. (laughs) Now, here's the master's voice, Frank Sinatra, from one of his hit parade broadcasts in the mid-40s.
2: a tune that starts a new career tonight on your hit parade at number nine. And Frank Sinatra is going to sing it. So let's go to Philadelphia where Frank's waiting with the week's new ninth place song My Ideal.
1: Will I ever
0: find the girl in my mind
1: the one
0: Maybe she's a dream And yet she might be Just around the corner Waiting for me Will I recognize A light in her eyes That no other eye Pass her by And never even Other eyes reveal, or will I pass her by and never even know
1: Another episode in the life of the Bickersons as Donna Amici and Francis Langford prove once again that marriage can be marvelous.
3: John! John Bickerson!
2: Wait a minute, Blanche.
3: Come on out from under that car. I want to talk to you. What do you want? Can't you see I'm busy? Where's Nature Boy?
2: Who's Nature Boy?
3: The cat. I haven't seen him all morning. I think he ran off.
2: He didn't run off. He's under the car with me.
3: Where? Right here John, that black alley cat isn't ours Nature boy has a golden coat
2: That's him I've been petting him
3: You I mean you've been wiping your hands on him
2: Okay, so I've been wiping my hands on him I couldn't find a rag
3: you want to be ashamed of yourself Look at that poor thing Looks like he fell in a tar pit Well,
2: he had no business to come sniffing around While I was draining the oil Put him in the washing machine
3: You insane? I really believe you want to do away with him.
2: How can you say a thing like that?
3: You don't fool me, John Pickerson. I know what happened to the other cat we had. What other cat? The big gray one, Joy Boy.
2: Joy Boy?
3: You know, the one you said committed suicide after you caught him in the liquor closet?
2: He did commit suicide, Blanche. Cats have been known to commit suicide.
3: They don't hang themselves. He didn't
2: hang himself He got his neck tangled in a ball of string And I was trying to unloosen it when you walked in (laughs) Don't start making me into a cat killer
3: You stop using Nature Boy for a grease rag How long are you going to be working on that pile of junk?
2: Until I get it fixed
3: you finally get a vacation, and how do you spend it? Under a car.
2: Well, I'm happy here. Before you came out, it was nice and quiet.
3: You've got a whole week off from your job. Why don't you do something with it?
2: What do you want me to do, Blanche?
3: Go down and collect your unemployment insurance.
2: You want me thrown in jail? You know I'm getting paid while I'm on vacation.
3: Stop waving that oil can around. It's pouring all over the seat. Wipe it out, John.
2: Okay, hand me the cat. You need it
3: alone. Here, use this car. How much longer are you going to be?
2: I'm almost through. Grab hold of that wire, will you, Blanche? This one? Yeah. Feel anything?
3: No. Why?
2: Nothing. I just wanted to see if it was connected to the battery.
3: John <laughs> Oh,
2: take it easy. The battery is dead anyway. I got to get it recharged. No,
3: you're not. You've squandered enough money on this car.
2: What are you talking about? The only things I've bought in the last two years Are a windshield wiper and a crank handle
3: If you didn't throw money away on all those fancy accessories Fancy we could have... accessories Yes, maybe we could afford a decent car
2: There's nothing wrong with this car Anybody will tell you that 1932 was a great year for Essex
3: Then why do you have to fool around with it so much?
2: I'm not fooling with it You always have to make these minor adjustments Till the car gets broken in You better move, Blanche Unless you want to get this paint over you
3: Are you going to paint the tires?
2: I have to. The tubes are showing through.
3: (laughs) John, if you take my advice, you'll trade this thing in.
2: I'm not making any trades unless I can get a good deal.
3: Well, how do you know you can't? Have you tried the smiling Irishman?
2: i tried the smiling Irishman
3: What did he say? He
2: didn't say anything, he laughed out loud
3: That's because you're not a good businessman I'll bet my brother-in-law Barney could make a good trade for you Barney? Barney's a shrewd businessman He can get things from people
2: He got plenty from me, all right
3: I wish you were more like him Barney makes good everywhere he goes Even when he was in the army, he worked himself up to a field marshal
2: he worked himself up to a buck private
3: How can you say that? You know very well we got word they made him a field marshal
2: He was a private and he was court marshal <laughs> Not a field marshal
3: Stop yelling, the neighbors are looking Well,
2: don't rile me up about Barney It's the one man I hate in the world more than
3: that cat oh, I'm Sorry, John I just thought we'd do something together on your vacation Do you know the headlights are on? Headlights? I thought the battery was dead
2: (laughs) I must have had the wires crossed Boy, what a lucky break
3: Now you can give me a driving lesson driving this John, you've been promising me for two years you'd teach me how to drive
2: Not today, Blanche Why not? Well, it's such a nice day, I thought I might drive downtown and sneak into the ball game
3: Never mind that ball game talk, I know what you're thinking of
2: What am I thinking of?
3: You're thinking of Murphy's Bar and Grill, and I'm not letting you go near that (laughs) saloon again
2: I never go near Murphy's Bar and Grill, and that's the farthest thing from my mind Why must you always accuse me of being preoccupied with drinking?
3: All right, forget it have you got gas in the
2: car? Yes, I put a fifth in yesterday <laughs> Man,
3: I mean five gallons well, that's fine Well, are you going to teach me to drive, or aren't you?
2: Oh, get in All right,
3: now what do I do?
2: Just relax Now, I want to explain a few things first Teaching a wife to drive requires a great deal of patience and understanding And we'll get along fine if you'll just listen to me and do as I tell you mm-hmm i tell you to put out your hand and slow down don't step on the gas and speed up if i say pull over to the right do it now not later if i say there's a yellow light come to a stop don't step on the gas and try to beat it because if you get away with it from that on you'll be speeding going through lights and i'll get a ticket and have my license revoked and it's all your fault get
3: out of the car,
2: Well, you better not do anything Now, start the motor Shift the first, let out the clutch And feed the gas slowly Have you got
3: that? Yes
2: Start the car Well,
3: the seat's too far back
2: It's not too far back
3: But I can't see the radiator cap
2: Why do you want to see the radiator cap?
3: How else can I aim it?
2: (laughs) You steer it, you don't aim it It's not a weapon Let's go
3: Now, don't rush me Let's see Put the clutch in shift it first, let the clutch up, easy, feed gas, there. Well, why aren't we moving?
2: You didn't start the motor. (laughs) What motor? The one that comes with the clutch. What do you mean, what motor?
3: Don't snap at
2: me. I'm not snapping, start the car. Oh, all right. Wait a
3: minute,
2: wait a minute. Stop it, stop it, stop it. the motor won't start unless you turn on the ignition. Where's the ignition? On the dashboard. There. The key is in it.
3: Well, why do you have to lock it? Nobody's going to steal your ignition.
2: All right. You got it started. Now, put it in first. Let the clutch out easy and you'll roll along smoothly and slowly. Easy. Easy. I'm in the glove compartment Are you all right?
3: I'm fine You're not hurt, are you, John?
2: No, I'm not hurt But the car is finished Are you satisfied now?
3: I just happened to think Today's Friday the 13th
2: Wouldn't have made any difference I'm a doomed man, Blanche
3: I'm sorry, John Honest I am
2: Let's get out of this thing
3: Have we got any insurance? No Please forgive me Forget it I guess I don't deserve to live I give you nothing but trouble
2: Don't talk, Blanche
3: Why don't you punish me? Get rid of me Other men do it I once read where a Russian farmer Traded his wife for an old cow Would you do that, John? Do what? Trade me for an old cow?
2: No But I'd hate anybody to tempt me with a new Cadillac Come on, Blanche, let's walk home
1: I think they're great You know, the Lone Ranger went on the air January 30th, 1933 And three times a week for over 25 years, millions tuned in Here's one of the early programs How the Lone Ranger Found His Horse Silver
4: horse with the speed of light a cloud of dust and a hearty
2: hayo silver the lone ranger
4: this is the legend of a man and a horse and how they met the story of the lone ranger and his great horse silver The Lone Ranger and Tonto were trailing the worst outlaw in the West. His name was Butch Cavendish. They had followed his trail for many weeks, until finally they noticed that the hoof prints of the outlaw's horse were fresh. We're close to Cavendish now. Yes, Tonto. He can't be far ahead.
0: Him outrun us last time. Maybe better we shoot in sight. No, I want to take him alive. That I... shot. Look out. Steady there, steady boy. Over there. Killer and ambush him right away. Toto, he missed me, but
4: he shot my horse. Get after him. Get him up, feller! Toto's horse was tired and no match in speed for the animal Cavendish rode. The outlaw escaped. When Toto returned from the futile chase, oh, oh, he found the Lone Ranger standing beside his dead horse. A good horse, Toto. Loyal, faithful, and brave. But my next horse
0: must be faster. I wish that. Toto. We've heard stories of a wild horse, a fiery white stallion. Ah, him seen near Valley, over there, where Cavendish go. We'll be on the lookout for the wild horse while we follow Cavendish.
4: Tonto's horse carried the Lone Ranger's saddle, his saddlebags and bridle, while the masked man and the Indian continued on foot along the outlaw's trail. When they reached the top of a hill... Look, Toto. They halted suddenly and stared at an awe-inspiring sight far down in the valley. They saw a great white stallion in a death fight with a giant buffalo. The horse was plunging, rearing, charging, and dodging wildly. And the sun flashed from his coat as from a coat of polished silver. They realized that this was the legendary white stallion, the one ranchers and hunters had talked so much about. Toto, we must have that horse. I'll try to shoot the buffalo. Get too far for pistol shot. I'll get closer before it's too late. As he ran downhill, the lone ranger watched the battle. The sleek white stallion was nimble and courageous, but his strength began to wane. The buffalo charged again and again. The splendid muscles of the white horse were slower in responding, then too slow. He was caught by the buffalo's charge. Wet crimson stained his pure white coat. Another charge. The white horse saw it coming and he couldn't dodge. He staggered and fell. The monster drew back and lowered his head for the death charge. And then two shots rang out. (laughs) The buffalo shuddered from the impact of the masked man's bullets. For an instant, he stood motionless, then fell. Cruelly battered and bruised, the white stallion lay quietly as the lone ranger bathed his wounds. During the next several days, the masked man and the Indian cared for the injured horse. Then the wounds were closed, and the horse's strength had returned. There was once more fire in his eye, a spring in his step, and his head was lifted proudly. (laughs) Toto, he's
0: himself again. Ah, him plenty strong. Plenty good horse. I wonder if he'll take a saddle. Let's try. Steady there. Steady, boy. Me get rope. Him run away. No, Toto, wait. Let him go. I'd like to have that horse more than anything in the world. But he deserves his freedom. He fought for it. Him stop. He's turned to look at us. See how the sun reflects from his white coat. Ah. Him look like silver. Silver. That would be a name for him. SILVER! Look at him. SILVER! Hey, SILVER! Toto, he's coming back. It's just as if he knew what I said. SILVER! SILVER, you beauty. Hand me the halter, Toto.
4: As the mighty stallion felt the halter, he trembled as if from a chill. Every instinct told him that he must flee at once to preserve his freedom. And yet he stood his ground. It wasn't gratitude that kept him there. It was something stronger, some mysterious bond of friendship and understanding. He heard the man's voice, and he liked it. Silver. Silver. We're going to be partners.
0: (coughs) Him let you use halter. Now, Toto, the saddle. Oh, no horse like that. Take
4: saddle. There never was a horse like this. Now, Silver... We're going to work together. The horse was wild and unused to the ways of men and the weight of a saddle and a rider. But the masked man was a kind teacher. He was gentle yet firm, and Silver was intelligent. The stallion seemed to sense the desires of the Lone Ranger and did his best to cooperate. He learned quickly, and after several days of training, he was ready. Follow me, Toto. I'm going after Cavendish. Come on, Silver! No hoofs had ever beat the plains like those thundering hoops of the great horse, Silver. During the past few days, Cavendish had gotten far away, but the masked man and Tottle trailed him relentlessly with only a minimum of rest. It took days to cut down the outlaw's lead, but at long last, Cavendish came into view. There he is! Come on, Silver! The mighty stallion responded with a new burst of speed. Cavendish fired wild shots over his shoulder until his gun was empty. His horse, though powerful and fast, was no match for the charging silver. Fear and panic filled the outlaw's face. He heard the hoofbeats, ever nearer. And the masked man shout, I want you, Cavendish! The masked man's avowed mission was accomplished. The last of the Cavendish gang was captured, to be tried by law and punished for his crimes. But there were many others whose criminal plans were to be challenged by the Lone Ranger, his faithful Indian companion, Toto. ...and his great horse, Silver.
0: I am Silver!
1: Well, comedian Bill Cosby remembers the Lone Ranger also... ...and he's recorded this story about the mask rider... ...and his Indian friend, Tonto.
5: There was one guy they always worried about... ...and this is a Lone Ranger uh, buddy, Tonto. Now, Tonto, to me, always was like... I would say to Tonto... You know, why does he do the same thing? Because the Lone Ranger would always say, Tonto? Yes, Kimasabi? I want you to go to town. You know, and every time he'd go to town, the bandits would beat the snot out of him. Oh, they give him. It's nice to have you in town, Tonto. <laughs> you know, and he'd go back, and the Lone Ranger'd look at him. Oh, my goodness, Tonto. Yeah. Did you get the information? Yes, yeah, me. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I'd always holler in the radio, Tonto, don't go to town. You know, they're gonna beat you up again, man. You know, it just one time. Tonto, yes, came You go to town, you go to hell, and <laughs> I want you to get the information. What is information? Information says Tonto, no go to town. That's what information says. <laughs> do you ever figure out what would happen if these two guys ever went into a town and there was no violence? <laughs> nothing to do but get drunk. You know. Lone Ranger Tunnel really knocked out, you know. Let me hear you sing in tunnel. Tunnel, shut up. Tunnel? You have any money? To get a drink with? No Kimasavi. Why don't you use your silver bullets? Well, we better try and work on the bartender. Right, chemo. Sorry. Bartender? Yes, sir. How'd you like to peek under my mask? Take a look at this. How about that, huh? And there's another problem that involves how about Silver, the Lone Ranger's horse? Now the Lone Ranger thinks nothing of running and jumping on Silver and chasing after a bandit that has at least an eight or ten mile lead. You know, and Silver must get awfully peeved at this, you know, because it's embarrassing, you know, to chase after a horse that has an eight mile lead. And you can always say, "Last man, yes, what is it? The bandits have an eight mile lead. Go get him. 'em! Don't worry about a thing. Chuck one on. Hey, old Silver! Wait a minute." crazy, get off my back. What's the matter with you sir? Don't worry about so. I'm sick of this. How much of a lead have you got this time? Eight, 10, 35 miles? You know how embarrassing it is to come back in that stable have those old snotty horns and say, oh boy, did you catch him this time? No, I didn't, I didn't catch them. <laughs> Sick of this, but look at these shin bones, the scars on my chin from when we catch up with those nuts and they run out of bullets and every time they throw the gun back at you, they don't hit you, do they? No. Right off the old silver shit. Sick of this.
1: all so for this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. Now here's a thought to remember. Dating back to 1832, Americans have picked their presidential choices publicly by means of partisan political nominating conventions. It's a unique expression of a free democracy in action, and a look at the record proves that it works. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California. Join me next time for more from radio's greatest shows. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.